You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, he can shave whichever part of his body he wants. Welcome to 2023 from the Attacking Scrum podcast. Hope you've had a good Christmas and New Year. The festive season has given us lots of rugby to overindulge in. And here with me to start the new year with the best of intentions, it's the mighty Murph. Evening. And making making his first appearance on the show, it's Harry Corrish, writer-editor for Dice Sports. Evening, gents. How are we doing? Yeah, Very well, well thanks. thanks. Yeah. Good stuff. On this episode, we will be looking back, of course, at the festive derbies. Who performed well, who didn't. Spoiler alert, the Dragons. Um, and what it may mean for some players' hopes of making Warren Gatland's squad for the Six Nations. Uh, Murph, how was uh, Christmas in the Murphy household before we get underway? Yeah, good. Uh, I, I, I've been ill. Um, uh, so was my uh, other half. But um, got, we managed to get through Christmas Day first before we all uh, caved. So, um, And I wasn't actually out of commission for that long. So it could have been worse. It could have been... Uh, a full. Uh, some people have had. Uh, you, you we were saying off air. Some people had a full week of uh, flu, but um, I was back on my feet and able to go and watch the game yesterday at the Arms Park. So magic. And uh, and Harry, I, I take it you've you probably had as much as much rugby as you've you, as you've had mince pies this Christmas, have you? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, so yeah, short, short pit stop really for Christmas, and then uh, back to things then straight away. So yeah, but can't complain really. Uh, Good, good stuff, really, so bringing a bit of positivity, really, I think, in, in this difficult time. Yeah, well, let's let's start by looking at those Christmas derbies. And, and as you say there, before we get stuck into the team's performances, um, yeah, what, what do you make of the derbies as a whole, like, as, a, as a spectacle? Let's start with you, Harry. Yeah, I think it was really, really positive, to be honest. I think with, with all that's come out with the contract situation and everything, and 
maybe the, the national team performance. Uh, it, it was a bit of a worry, really, whether the crowds would come in and that kind of thing. And I think, firstly, you've got to praise the players. They've really stuck in um, and they've put some fantastic performances. A lot of them really come into, into form at the right moment, really, and uh, really putting their hands up. And whether that's down to uh, the big man that's just come in in uh, Warren Gatland, you, you never know, really. But, yeah, some good performances and definitely positivity coming through. And what about you, Murph? What do you make of the of the, uh, of the derbies as a whole? Well, I, I much prefer the Boxing Day games over yesterday's games. Um, <laughs> the, uh, Boxing Day was um, high-scoring games. That, uh, I think six tries in each of the two games on Boxing Day, if I'm not mistaken. And there were obviously one game could have gone either way. I thought I thought Newport didn't have to win at, uh, at that stage. Uh, but then yesterday... Uh, in West Wales, you had, I think you had two teams desperate to win, and then the game was coloured by the card, and mm. things got a bit. Um, I don't know. Although, although, although they, you know, the Scarlets ended up running out thirty-three points, it, it just felt a bit uh, fractured and stop-start and a bit niggly. With ni- I'm not against niggle in a, in a derby game, but it just didn't really flow like the games did on Boxing Day. And then I was at uh, uh, the Arms Park yesterday for Cardiff and the Ospreys, and I just think. I, I was there in the flesh, and I just don't feel I, I don't feel as though I saw enough rugby. If that makes any sense, mm. like the Ospreys clearly had an advantage up front, and they made sure the game was of a style that meant sure that made sure they they would come out on top. So by that I mean, for example, uh, Cardiff scored a try. I think it was a Josh Adams try in the second half, and then under the post, taking their time. And then when, it seemed to take forever to take the kick. And when they walked up to halfway, they all stopped then to make a substitution. And then, <laughs> and then, and then Owen Williams was taking a long time over his kicks. And it, it just felt like they didn't want much rugby played. And I I, I was going to say I had parted, my, parted with my money for a ticket, but I hadn't. I had a comp. So, <laughs> But even so, I'd made the effort to go and watch it in the flesh. And um, yeah, it, it, I would rather... It, 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 I, I think if... Cardiff had got a stronger pack out. So our hip was there, and um, uh, uh, Rory Thornton uh, had been there for to, to challenge more in the lineup to give him a stronger lineup presence. I think the Ospreys might be forced to play more rugby because they just mm-hmm. genuinely all they when they did pass the ball along their backhand, all they were looking for was to be down Jared Evans's channel and Ben Thomas's channel, and then there was nothing expansive going on after that. It wasn't uh, wasn't to tie in anyone and then go wide. There was just no intent, attacking-wise, from the Ospreys. And that is their right, and it worked. But I, I just think the way, especially the way the, the entertainment on the field is working so well over the, in the Gallagher Premiership at the moment, I just saw yesterday, for, for my money, uh, and... Uh, I guess that you know it was close to the end, so that was one thing. But I just didn't feel. I think they all were, though. That's the that's the thing for me. I think if you look at, I, and I agree. Like we often say this, that the you know the the English Premiership is perhaps a, a better, shinier product. And mm. yes, we know they've got they've got their, their own problems themselves. Um, but I think in years gone by, we've had massive mismatches in these games, or lots of players rotated, or they've been played out within the the international window. Um, the fact that they really all went down to the wire and in the last mm. 10 minutes of all of those games, you, you didn't necessarily know who was going to win. That for me, I think is a, you know, is a, um, 
is a good step forward. You know, games played in South Wales over Christmas, there's always going to be an, an, an impact of the weather and certain style of style of play. Um, what, what did you make of the of the on the pitch stuff then, Harry? Yeah, it was very uh, interesting tactical battles, really. I think that the weather did play a part, but I think you saw the Ospreys really take control in in uh, the lineouts and, and and at the scrum. It was very impressive. I thought it was a big challenge for for Carey with with no tight heads on the on the other side, really backing him up. Um, I thought he'd done okay, but obviously the, the Ospreys were able to take advantage of that, those areas. And speaking to Toby Booth before the game, you really, uh, I, uh, we were talking a little bit about the, the on, on on the ground sort of situation, and maybe if, if they were worried about Cardiff's threat over the ball, and and I think that that obviously played a role as well. Um, so I think that they weren't too. Uh, keen on on trying to overcome that um but again some impressive performances um i think blues did what they could um without without much of a pack really they they target uh targeted uh, jack walsh early on which i thought were, would be the, the a good tactic um and they did play some good rugby but again those important moments really they uh they failed to really um get their way way in it and Osprey's just nicked it and I think it was a fair reflection on, on the game really in the end Looking at those important moments the one for me that springs to mind was the decision to go for sticks at the end of the game uh, do you think that was a mistake looking back Harry? Uh, look for, for, for any of the neutrals and that kind of thing I was uh, for me I was screaming at the TV saying please do not go go for the kick but look, you could see where they are at the table, and you you can understand where they're coming from. I think maybe it was from the touch side and, and that kind of thing. But it would have been nice to uh, see them go for it, really, because they lost anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's the that's the thing. I think obviously they've got more to play for in terms of the the league position. Um, so you know, a draw mightn't have been a bad result. But I kind of just felt like the way. Um, the way lineouts are these days, I know you can always have a crooked throw or it can it can get stopped <laughs> at source, but you feel like the percentages of uh, that position of getting it down into the into the opposition and at least having something to play with, um, and then maybe getting a penalty closer to sticks or or even getting over the line. I don't know. It felt like um, it felt like that would have been the the time to do it for me. Murph, what would you have done in that in that scenario? I just based purely on the way uh, Cardiff were going up front it posts for me all day uh, fair enough uh, mm. and like we made the point about the, the league position um, you, you can see how significant it was now because they've dropped three spaces on the back of a mm. on the back of a losing bonus point in the end so um, that's how you know that's, the top end is very very closely packed so uh, yeah I, I, I still would have I still would have gone to the post myself Fair enough. Let's um, let's stick with um, with that game and, and take a bit of a look at the Ospreys in a, in a bit more detail. It's been a good, you know, obviously a good festive period for them. Prior to the to the derbies, you had the win over Montpellier. Harry, do you think uh, Toby's Toby Booth's men have, have turned the corner now? Yeah, look, you, you you've got to say that they they have really. I think they've been threatening it all season, and I think those those close um, close games and maybe tight losses now they they're just showing really. Where they should be, I think those small those small losses maybe if if they've got wins they'd be higher up in the table and I think they they've shown that they're capable. I think 
Owen Williams has been huge for them because Jack uh, Jack Walsh is a fantastic prospect. I've seen him a few times this season, played fantastically well. But I think Owen Williams has got that composure um, and he's really helped them uh, play in the right areas and that kind of thing. And obviously his kicking uh, has improved. I think Jack Walsh has been, I don't know, not too great off off the tee so far this year, but I, I'm sure he'll, he'll uh, keep improving. They've got a good group behind. He's got Stephen Milo with him. But uh, yeah, it's really interesting uh, to see how they go now because obviously the way they play rugby, I thought it was it was perfect for this this period of the season really. And and look, it's pragmatic and whatever. But uh, look, that, that's how they want to play. That's how Toby Booth. That, that's how he's built that squad. And look, it, it, the huge part of the game is based on 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 the pack now. Um, and you, you can't complain really. As an Osprey fan, you, you've got that good um, good up front, and then you you can easily then um, hopefully they'll improve then attacking wise. I think they've started to show that, especially against Montpellier. I think they, they just need a little bit more X factor in that final third, really, and they're showing signs like that Owen Williams part, Owen Williams pass, and and that kind of thing. So hopefully they they'll keep building because you can see like maybe if they get a few sign-ins uh, and that kind of thing, they can really build on on what they've got so far. Yeah, I mean, let's let's see who's still available to sign whenever uh, whenever budgets are confirmed in. Um... With, with inked paper by the end of uh, by the end of January February whenever that might be, um, Murph. If we, Harry was talking about X Factor there, and when we talk about X Factor, the the one player for me who's got it in that back line is uh, is Reese Webb. I just I've been so impressed with his with his performances in uh, in recent weeks. Is he going to get back in that Wales squad, Murph? Uh, um well, he's got obviously got more chance now with the, mm. <laughs> with Pivac gone, but uh, still not guaranteed with Gatland. Uh, the, the, just because of his age, but I think the fact that there's not a glut of young, decent nines like we have had in the past means that he probably. I mean, he stands out. Look, uh, uh, we've said over and over that the only player who stands out as much as Thomas Williams in matches or influences matches as much as Thomas Williams in the nine jersey is Reece Webb. No one else, Kieran Hardy, Dane Blackett is playing well, but he's he's not in that bracket, I wouldn't say. So uh, if I was picking the Welsh squad tomorrow, it would be Thomas Williams, Reece Webb and Dane Blacker. Um, on the same, kind of on the same subject, I think the number 10 jersey has been flipped on his head in the last few weeks. You could, uh, uh, in theory, uh, obviously only in theory, the, the three tens in the Six Nations squad could be completely three different tens from the the, the ones that were in the Autumn Nations. So it, it was uh, uh, Anscombe, Priestland, and Costello. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Based on current form, you could go fit again bigger, Owen Williams, and 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 uh, back to his best, Jared Evans. I, uh, Interesting. I, I, I mean, only because Anscombe's injured. Uh, I don't think you'd pick Jared over Anscombe otherwise, but. Um, that is a possibility. I mean, Owen Williams is a, I would say he's a very Gatlin type of 10. Um, mm-hmm. And he's playing as well as any, you know, just by doing the basics well, he's playing as well as, well as any 10 in the, in, um, in the country at the moment. So uh, it's going to be, uh, you probably know exactly when the squad announcement is, do you? Is there a date being released for the squad announcement? Jed? 
Oh, that was, I thought you were talking to Harry. I you're looking for someone with a finger on the pulse, and Actually, you come to me, which is uh... both of you will know better than I <laughs> when it might be. And uh, it was it like it could only be like a fortnight away, three weeks away. And um, it's a huge, it's a huge first squad. Yeah, it is. And the interesting thing I think with that is, um, is so often in recent times. Um, You've had the, you know, the, the Heineken Cup fixtures in January have largely been meaningless um, because our sides have already been out of them mm-hmm. by then. Um, and I feel like this time around, at least you've had a good audition with, um, with, with some of the European stuff. I think the festive derbies again have given us... Because most sides, I know obviously Cardiff had to make some changes and, and their pack wasn't necessarily... Um, you know, it certainly wasn't their first choice pack, but... Generally speaking, I think all four sides put out strong sides for those for those games, mm. um, and I, and so I think you got a good you know there was a good kind of audition feel for it. Um, based on that, Harry, how do you see the halfback situation for uh, for the Six Nations? Who would you say would be the the front runners for nine and tens? Yeah, really interesting. The the nine you, you don't know what's going to happen. It's it's really strange, isn't it? No one's like put their hand up. You think maybe like a, a Kieran Hardy's got a taste of international rugby. He'd really really kick on. I think he, he has played well in a a whale shirt, but this season he's really struggled in that scarlet jersey. And yeah, it's, it's difficult for for him. And I I think as you've mentioned before, now Reese Webber's. Uh, shown some some excellent signs at the moment he's still I don't know it's a bit um like going back a little bit but I don't know who who else has been in in as good good form as he has he really put his hand up uh, especially the last few weeks he's looking back to his best now um so yeah Thomas uh Williams as well showing some excellent skills he's just absolutely quality player and uh yeah, I can't see. I, it's surely going to be them two really fighting for that nine uh, nine shirt coming up. Um, fly off as well. You you you've got to hope that Bigger's going to be back now. Um, he's just such a calming influence on our Welsh side. So much experience and that kind of thing. Um, I think Crostello has really played well. Um, I think he's really improving and he's starting to take that. Ten shirt, a scarlet shirt, uh, a scarlet, and really stamp his authority on things. Uh, um, but yeah, Owen Williams, as I said, I've been really impressed with him. It was a shame that he didn't come to uh, Welsh rugby a few years ago, mm. but nice to see him now. Um, hopefully, they can sort something out really after his um, loan runs out. But look, he's come off a poor pre-season hasn't he um he hasn't played too much um you'd think conditioning wise he's not been too great but like even defensively when when he stopped calamaphone yeah he, no one stopped stops him in in that area and uh lucky he, he's on the end that he scored a good try in in the end at, at cardiff and yeah i think it's difficult not to go away from him really he's, he's been fantastic yeah, interesting stuff. I suppose while we're um while we're talking about Wales, um starting to see I guess the um the makeup of what Gatland's coaching side um may look like. Um I think it's been it's been widely reported this week that Gethin Jenkins and Stephen Jones are set to be are set to be moved on. Um and I think that there may have been some some talks with with Howley which is is perhaps looking a little less likely now. Um 
how close do you think we are to to getting a kind of finalised announcement on this, Harry? Uh, I'm not too sure, really. I, I think maybe they were hoping um, to get in Howley back. I'm not too sure, but it's it's just finding who's available right now at the moment and who really wants to come in and try and provide that impetus. It's, it's a difficult situation you're going into because people are saying it's like it doesn't really, like it's just a hit out and that kind of thing, but there'll be a lot of pressure uh, come the Six Nations, people will be expecting a win. Um, I'm hoping they like it's not long till the Six Nations now, so you would think that they they should have their ideas, and and you've just got to hope now that they'll uh, settle that now. And then Murph, um, when it comes to that all important defensive coach position, um, seems to be the the latest the latest runners are between. Uh, Paul Gustard and and Steve Tandy. Do you have a do you have a preference with either one of those? Not especially. I feel I, I feel a bit sorry for Stephen Jones. Um, I think I, I get the impression that he he couldn't get out from underneath Wayne Pivak in terms of what he wanted to do in the back line. That's my it's just my hunch really. Um, and I, I don't think there was any question that getting was going to be let go because of the defence was so inconsistent across the last sort of 12 months. Uh, as far as the defence coach goes, uh, the only the only issue I would raise is the one I mentioned before about Steve Tandy. There's still a lot of Ospreys players in the squad who um, were coached by him before and whether there's a bit of... I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't mean uh, ill feeling or anything like that, but just a bit of baggage over the number of people who've already been coached by him um, and whether they actually could do with just a completely... Fresh face with fresh face, fresh face, which is what um, got, a bit, got a bit Steve McLaren on us there, <laughs> even a little bit Sean Connery. Um, <laughs> um, or whether a completely new arrival <laughs> like uh, like Sean Edwards was when he arrived, um, would mm. be a, a bigger benefit to the side. So, uh, maybe just uh, Paul Gusted. Interesting. Right, well, there are loads more for us to still get stuck into, including uh, a deep dive on Cardiff, Scarlets and uh, the Dragons, if I can bear it. Um, And all of that will be coming up after this very short break. Right then, into the second half. Um, I want to take a look um, at Cardiff now. Obviously, we, we touched on them uh, touched on them already, I suppose. In the in the context of the wider season, Murph, how do, how do you think Dai Young will will assess his his results at Christmas? Um, I, from his point of view, he's got to be pleased from where they were at the end of last season, um, and also uh, the next run of fixtures is quite tasty. They got um, Scarlets away next week, and then they're back into Newcastle and Breve. Breve, as we know, we're not trying. Newcastle are out, I, I would imagine, and they've got to come down here anyway. So um, whatever happens against the Scarlet, they're, they're going mean, to they're going to have it their own way, their own way for the rest of the month after that. So um, I think he'll be. Uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say delighted because there's a lot of trouble down the road with cuts and and you know uh, players on long contracts and how much you can bring in and what have you but um, with what he's got at the moment I think he'd be pleased he seems to me like he's a coach who thrives when he's got his backs against back against the wall you know I think it was mm. a very similar thing at, um, 
at Wasps, you know, when the, the club was almost folding, I, I think a lot of people spoke very highly about the way he managed um, mm. he managed the club in in that scenario. Um, Harry, what I mean, what does what does a good season look like for Cardiff? Have they, have they got a realistic chance of making the playoffs? Uh, I'm not quite sure. Without without that pack, it's, it's going to be tough. It's, it's very tight around those, those spaces, really. Um, I think Da Young will be hoping uh, he, he can and. Maybe there's no reason that they can't. They've had some big results uh, of late. Um, the, the game against Sharks was fantastic. So they've just got to really build on that now. It, it is exciting for them um, at, at the moment, I would say. Um, it, it's just thought that they're tighten in those areas, really. They, they've really struggled in the past few years with, with, that, uh, with that pack, really. Um, but again, as Murph said, from where they were last year, he, he'll be uh, very pleased with how they're playing and they're winning games now that they may not have won last year. So they've, they've got that, got over that hurdle. So the next thing then is just to take that next step. But there's no reason why they can't. They've got an excellent squad, some fantastic players, and they're definitely in form. And they seem like they got a good formula now. They know how they're playing. Um, they got those systems in place, so a few injuries, but hopefully uh, they'll be coming back strong uh, coming up. Yeah, and you mentioned the games that last season they, you know, that they didn't win. I suppose there's no better example of that than the the fixture they've got next up against the Scarlets. I think it is at Cardiff Farms Park actually, but they were <laughs> battered in back to back weeks by the Scarlets um, last season. They have to go into this one favourites, don't they? Yeah, you'd feel so. Um, there's, there's no reason why not. The, the scouts have really struggled. Um, and yeah, what a difference it's made from from last year. Remember Liam Williams scoring uh, uh, that, that brilliant try and, and, and now he's back. He played excellently uh, against the Ospreys and Look, Scarlet will be pleased. They, they, they've got a win. Um, I think it was huge for, for Dwayne Peel. But uh, Cardiff, they, they weren't far off. Uh, uh, the other day and they'll be really hoping they can uh, make it better now when yeah you'd think they'd uh, really um, get a good win now and push on and aside from from some of those things you've mentioned there Murph um, I think the breakdown this season has been has been such a such a crucial area for um, for Cardiff how impressed have you been with that with that part of their game yeah, in fairness, um, the last time they put a good run together was the uh, Challenge Cup win, and it was based on almost no set piece and and just mm-hmm. stealing other people's possession and uh, playing off turnover ball. Um, that at that time it was the Ellis Jenkins show, and this time it's the Thomas Young show. So um, uh, probably the difference between this era and that is they they have got a line out. And when you've got our hip and Dylan Lewis fit, there is a, yeah. a semblance of a scrum there, but um, it was a bit too much for uh, Will Davis King yesterday um, and then Azarati after that. So, um, yeah, I think they're in a, in a better place than they were, I think, than when they, than when they won that last time around. And they, they are looking um, good for another deep run into Europe this year whether they can sustain there's not that actually many league games left for Cardiff outside of Europe mm. uh, whether they can get enough they haven't got many hard fixtures left in the league so it's not impossible but whether they can sustain uh, their December form uh, I'm not so sure 
Fair enough. And moving on to moving on to Scarlets, how are you? Um, published an article recently, an interview you'd done with with Johnny Barkley, um, and he seemed to he seemed to suggest that there was a fair amount of pressure on Dwayne Peel when you know we we kind of had a few Scarlets fans on here say that he had kind of credit in the bank from you know from being a bit of a um, well being a, a legend a legend down there. Um, presumably that win does release whatever pressure there is on him to a certain degree. Yeah, there's a huge uh, release there. They, they needed that. Um, they were very close to the bottom of the table. And, you know, it, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a difficult time, a very difficult season. And look, he, he's trying to implement um, an, um, a very difficult style of rugby down there and maybe not got the, the squad that he wants, but that's what he has to deal with. And look, it's, it, it's very difficult circumstances as a new coach coming in, um, having to deal with uh, with so much. But obviously, there's pressure. You, you need to get results, and if, if you're not getting them, then then yeah, it, it's a it's a goldfish bowl in uh, in South Wales. And the Scarlet fans want success. They they've had recent success in in Europe and and in the the URC. Um, so yeah, they need to improve. Um, they, they've got to get better. Their, their discipline is is diabolical. It, it's not acceptable at this stage. I don't know how many cards it is. But I think was it four red cards, eleven yellow cards. Four, yeah, I think it is. And 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 do you know, what? it's not just the the card stuff. I think it was. Um, yeah. Uh, I think Mark James was on the was on the English language commentary on S4C uh, yesterday. And he said that you know obviously the cards are the bit that you look at, but then it's giving away silly penalties at silly times. And there were a couple of instances there yesterday. I mean, how do you how do you go about rectifying those kind of things? Yeah, they they're just putting so much pressure on themselves. I think um, they, they they do play lovely rugby when when they when they're allowed, but when they put under pressure they they fold very quickly and and they they they're asking a lot um of their side and when it gets difficult this season it seems like uh yeah they're finding it difficult to get out of that hole and unfortunately giving away those those penalties maybe under pressure and that kind of thing but some of the things like like the Calamaphony red card it's just not needed and it just mm. makes it even worse then um and it could have been a difficult difficult game for them, but yeah, luck, luckily they uh, they got out of that hole uh, quite quite well night, uh, last night. Yeah, Merv, how much do you think the the fact that they did get out of that one will will kind of give them confidence that if they can keep fifteen men on the pitch at some point, then you, you know then then things will get better. Well, uh, first of all, on the subject of the red card, there was a lot of like booing and griping in the Clenetley crowd. I don't know. I don't know what the argument was. Um, yeah. Like uh, uh, pulling a scrum cap off, I don't think is a yeah. red card offence. It's not a red card offence. No. Therefore, it's a yellow. And, and you know, obviously, you started with pushing, shoving between uh, Ashton Hewitt and uh, oh, second row, slightly second row, which pushing and shoving is all you're allowed say, to yeah. do now and get away with. So that was fine. But then Calamaphony came in from a long way out in a in a hurry, in a like as if he. Joe Mahler had just insulted his mother or something, uh, and then um, so every then it exploded. Everyone joined in, and it ended up with Moriarty pulling his scrum cap off through two punches. One of them landed, gets a red card, and then from then on, it, the crowd were booing the ref or booing something or booing Ross Moriarty, I suppose, but booing everything. But I didn't, I couldn't see any 
much in the grave in the way of a grey area there, or any injustice at all. I, I thought it was a an odd no, one. No, there's there's no there's no injustice. Yeah. It's a red card, and it's it's a silly one. And I think he knows that the minute he sees it, you know, there was yeah. no kind of gripe from him. I think he just knew he'd like let the the red miss descend. And you know, that's what Moriarty does, doesn't he? He's a niggly, yeah, yeah, in your face but it player. Tells you more you about can't, you can't react to it. No, exactly. But it tells you more, I think, about the. Uh, attitude and the pressure and the mindset of the Scarlet's players before the game, they were really fired up because they knew if they lose this one, you know, uh, anyone could be, you know, from there, anyone could be sacked. So um, probably too fired up for the game. And that's why Callum Afoni acted the way he did. I don't know. Um, I, I, I personally, I think uh, the way the game went was, uh, was more on the, the Dragons than um, the Scarlets, I think they reverted to type. Uh, when I say type, I mean previous seasons where attacking ball on, in the opposition third, shall we say, the, uh, the final third of the pitch, and there, there was no organisation at ten. There's no one arranging anything or any shape or any kind of plan from the t- the ten jersey or the first reserve jersey setting things up. And that's I, why uh, they yeah. kept running up against uh, um, giving the ball away and being under pressure again. And it was, I actually, it was. I actually felt it was nine was the was the problem. I oh, felt right, okay. like Lewis James was was kind of trying to do too much. Right. And and I think in those scenarios, having a Rodri Williams in 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 the game and and pulling the strings <clears> from nine. I think would have made it would have made a massive difference. Even, Bert, even Bertie Wu would have been there. Even Bertie Wu yeah. would have um, would have yeah would have would have made a difference because it's just that it's that experience and and also not that Lewis Jones is an inexperienced player, but it's having someone who plays first team rugby and mm. you know and in in Bertrand's case the um, you know a, a test match level. Yeah, that that decision making just just makes well, it just makes it so much easier. Just felt like they were losing their way in attack, you know, and and that was uh, allowing the Scarlets to. Get out, even though they were uh, a man down most of the time. So, um, yeah. Although, obviously, you know, I think the Scarlets could improve from this result because it's a big turning point for them. Maybe uh, I think the blame for yesterday lies squarely with the way the Dragons played. Myself, would you agree with that, Harry? Yeah, I, I was impressed with the the Scarlet defence, though. I, I think they've they've struggled this year, conceded like three hundred and thirty points, something like that. But they they got. Purried some really big hits. They were winning that that physical battle a lot of the time, sending them backwards and putting the the, the fly off under pressure. I thought um, it's, it's big for them. Hopefully, um, they played well in Europe and that kind of thing. But I think they, they after a few uh, a difficult first half, but I think Hanrahan played played really well. Um, I think they they got over that then, and to nil nil the dragons in the second half. I think um, it, it, the, the defense stood strong, and it, it, that, that's a big sign for them. I think um, because it's an area they've really struggled with uh, so far this season. And on the dragons, um, you know, for for all the improvements that have been made since Ty Flanagan took over, he's got to be disappointed with with no wins from two there, hasn't he? Harry? Yeah, definitely. I, I don't know whether it's the the end of the the new manager bounce yeah. um, or what, but they they seem to have reverted back to type, uh, as you said. Um, look, it, it, there are positives. Um, I think missing a few key key players really. Um, obviously, they they got a difficult turnaround, haven't they? So they have to be careful with with selection and that kind of thing. And 
maybe a few changes here and there maybe disrupted them a little bit but um yeah they, they just don't seem to be able to to win games at the moment uh, that cardiff game was really really showed that um they, they seem to be getting up there now like last season they, they were nowhere near um so this year they, they really stepped up but again it, it's that final step uh, which they don't seem to be able to to make at the moment and i don't know what that is i don't know whether that game management or maybe it's a thing of like uh, they used to losing at the moment uh they've lost a few games and they're, they're struggling with their confidence but yeah you definitely need to turn it around now what do you think Murph? why can't uh why can't the dragons get over the, the line in these kind of games we've had you know draw away uh to the lions a, a disappointing result against poe at home and then two you know, two opportunities to win games at, at Christmas. What what do you think that's about, Murph? Um, well, uh, you know, Will Re- Will Rowland's being out for any length of time is not good when he's your best forward by a mile. Um, and the scrum half issue yesterday. Um, and I, I, I also think if they had hung on to win on Boxing Day, yesterday might have been a different, different game because the confidence they'd have taken from beating um, Cardiff, uh, nearest rivals, bitter rival, rivals, whatever you want to call them, the Derby game. Um, they haven't won it for that, that fixture for a long time. Um, I think it might have been a different animal yesterday, but um, now it's, it, uh, having got so close on Boxing Day and then completely buggered up an, an extra man advantage yesterday, um, I worry. I worry for him. Yeah, no. I, well, I I'd completely agree with all of that. To me, I think Harry mentioned it there. It's it's that kind of thing about winning becoming a habit. Well, you know, losing is becomes a habit even easier, doesn't it? And <clears throat> it's it's become a habit for a decade now. And um, I think they they've definitely improved. We said at the start of the season, you know, an improvement for the Dragons would be to win win some games at home uh, and to not get hammered in games that they were getting hammered in before. Yeah, and, yeah. To me, it's like um, you know, it's like a Test match cricket side that always scores three hundred. You know, and on a bad wicket, that represents a good. You know, that represents a good score. But on a road where you should be scoring five fifty, it doesn't. And and that's the thing for me is it's like they just need to get. Um, they, they've got to put away uh, put away the opportunities to win. Um, and I think you're absolutely right. You win that game against Cardiff on Boxing Day. You win away. Uh, to the Scarlets when they've when they've had a man sent off, I think it's it is just that kind of that final mental um, thing coupled with a few a few bits of selection. Um, another thing you mentioned there, Murph, Will Rowland's missing and he's made such a big impact at the Dragons. May even have played his last game. You know, bearing in mind he's injured and, and is leaving at the end of the mm. the season. Um, how big a hole is that going to be, Harry, in the in, in the Dragons squad? Yeah, it's massive, isn't it? He, he's quality international operator now um he'd make a difference to our will team really if, if you think of it um i know they they brought in matthew screech who is, is a good uh good like he, he fair play to him he's an excellent player but like you're still gonna miss miss that front forward uh, ball whenever you give it to him um and that kind of thing and it's not just that it's his leadership as well he's mm. really grown grown in 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 these last few years he's he really dragged that dragon side especially after that slow start um i think he made a big impact about turning that around with with uh, the new coach as well 
Um, so yeah, he's, he's a big miss. Um, I, I don't know that they can't replace him. Obviously, um, it's very difficult. But yeah, it's a shame he, he, he's leaving because he's had a big, big impact there, um, and I think he's a bit of a fan's favourite and that kind of thing. And yes, yeah, so it's definitely a shame he's uh, he may have played his last game. Yeah, he did definitely a player who never never took a backward step. You know, even even though it's only going to end up being two seasons he's played there, I think he's made a made an absolutely massive impact. Um, just before we we wrap up on the the Christmas derby, I just wanted to touch on the uh, the prickly subject of attendances, which um, can often be a minefield when it comes to to Welsh rugby. But you know, you said there, Murphy, obviously a good um, good sellout crowd at um, at Cardiff yesterday. Um, the attendances made for some pretty decent reading over. Um, over the Christmas period, you know, Dragons, Dragons Cardiff was eight and a half thousand. Osprey Scarlets was eleven and a half, and um, and Scarlets Dragons was uh, was I think about eight and a half yesterday as well. And um, to me, this says this says one thing that it's like if you have some meaningful rugby, people will go and and will go and attend. Um, I just I just worry now that when we get back to um, back to kind of standard Pro fourteen. Um, fixture list that this is where um, this is where it's going to get it's going to get quite difficult. Coupled with this, Harry, there's been um, an effort from supporters to protest against the way the WRU's been running the regional game. Um, how much do you think that the union will be listening to these fans? Uh, look, you'd want to say that that they that's all that's all important. Really, they're the most important aspect to the to this situation really without bums on seats what what do you have but look um what we've seen so far um it doesn't seem like they're, they're looking at outside sources or anything they're just happy with how things are perceivably going um from their end uh, i don't don't quite know why um but yeah um Hopefully, it will have an impact, and and you've you've seen stuff on TV, a few signs and that kind of thing, and it is a good sign that people are coming out now, and and it, there is more of a wider debate on what is happening right now. But there seems to be a bit of a glass house kind of situation, and and they they seem to be very happy with how things are going. But maybe with with Wayne Pivak going a very dismal autumn series. Hopefully, they can see now that there are issues. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, I think you're absolutely right there. Um, just to go back to some of the, the obviously we mentioned Will Rowlands there leaving Wales. There's a lot of and coupled with the ongoing kind of uncertainty, there's a lot of talk about other players who may be uh, exiting Wales at the end of the the season. I've heard obviously Gareth Anscombe rumours have been doing the rounds for. Um, for a little while now, with a, a move to France, uh, possibly Poe, I think, is the are in the, the the driving seat for that. Um, Nicky Smith is another who's who's move who's been kind of linked with a, a move away. Um, huh. Murph, how how damaging do you think this um, this kind of ongoing uncertainty is is going to end up being on the the, the squads of the sides next season? Yeah, well, it, it clearly is. I mean, um, I. I... Cardiff definitely didn't want to lose Max Llewellyn, you know, mm. and he's gone. And um, the blame for that can only lie at the uh, foot of the um, the deal. That still, as I mean, it's, it's in the offing now. But back then, when uh, Max Llewellyn had signed for whoever it was in the West Country, um, 
it wasn't, and that, and, and therefore Cardiff weren't in a position to uh, tie him down. He's still going to be available. We think still going to be available for Wales because he's never been picked for Wales before. But um, I mean, look, at, we've covered it quite recently. I mean, the the, the indecision and lack of uh, anyone putting their neck on the block at the WIU, just kind of protect, protecting their position and making sure they don't have to stand down for any reason. That seems to be the way it's been going in recent years. And fingers crossed now that um, there's a new chairman, new coach, more decisions seem to be getting made. Um, but the, the the guy at the top of it all is still in position and he's he's not qualified, as far as I'm concerned, not qualified to do the job. So that's the next change I would like. There's I've read something about uh, Ryan Evans calling for an EGM to mm. get that proposal put through again. The... Um, one that was knocked back at the last, chair. yeah, the one that was knocked back at the last AGM. So an EGM as soon as possible to get that through. I think everyone is probably on board with that now, um, and that would be, you know, the start. But I still, you know, uh, the other thing I spotted, I don't know if that was today or yesterday, Amanda Blanc is up for some award for uh, conduct in business circles, and um, Steve Phillips isn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, yeah, I, I, on the subject of you know players leaving now, uh, there's uh, the, a lot of cuts going to be made at the regions, whatever whatever this um, deal is coming up, because they've just got a the, the financial reality of where they are. They've got all oh, got to make cuts. Uh, incoming seasons, there's a lot of international Welsh internationals over the border, uh, not just. Uh, current ones, but future ones. So like Chris Shunza, uh, by the time he finishes university, he's going to be coming out of whatever contract he's on with Exeter. And then someone in this country is going to have to find the money to pay him to come and obviously he'd be uh, on the, uh, the 80-20 with the WIU. Uh, David Jenkins as well. Then you've got Louis Rees Samet, his, his contract can't run forever. And he's going to be, yeah. he's going to be properly expensive when he, when, he, when he gets his next contract. Uh, Max Suellen is there and if he's as good as we think he is, eventually he'll be an international and he'll have to come back. And then there's uh, Callum Sheedy, if he's still in the fold. His, his contract can't go on forever. Um, I'd probably missed a few, but all, all those players have got to come to regions who haven't got any, got, got any money. Uh, like I say, mo- most of them, if they're in Welsh contention at the time, will be on the 80-20. But then if, if they come to that club and... Um, they're out, suddenly they're out of favour with the WIU, then their wage bill is back onto the club again. So um, it's some tricky, tricky decisions and awkward times ahead, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. What what do you see there, Harry? Because obviously Murph said there, you know, players will have to come back. This 60 cap rule will be under the, the spotlight even more, I would say, this this coming year. How do you, how do you see that playing out? Are we going to see this... Um, a change to that rule, do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Uh, I think there has to be. Uh, there's, there's too much pressure now. Um, Finances are very difficult everywhere in rugby, especially in Wales. Um, but it just seems silly at the moment. Um, it, it seems like 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 there's a, an impasse. Um, I think, yeah, the, the pathways um, don't seem to be looking good as well. Um, a lot of um, young players go into Hartbury, etc., and it's making it 
a bit more difficult as well. But yeah, um, it's a difficult situation. It, like the 60 cap rule in principle is a good idea. You want your best players playing for your regions and 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 that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, it, it, money talks and, and it will be uh, difficult in, in the coming months. Yeah, I think so. You know, so much of this to me stems to the fundamental problem within club rugby is there is too much rugby played mm-hmm. and not enough money within it. And the international part, you know, and this is not exclusive to Wales, the international part is the bit that the only real bit that makes money. And therefore, you know, you, you're flogging, you're flogging these players um, week in, week out. Um, and as a result, you end up with lots of, lots of meaningless rugby, which waters down the overall product. So, you know, I think there's there's so much has to has to change because that sixty cap rule, as you said, has has enabled some regions to to strengthen their squad as a result. But it's also allowed play, uh, the national side to have players um, uninterrupted throughout international campaigns, and and without that, it it becomes um, it becomes uh, you know a very uh, a very tricky scenario. All of which is avoided if you stop playing club rugby during international international times but um yeah i just feel like we're going round in circles with this one um which is feels like quite a um quite a somber note to end the podcast on so um <laughs> <laughs> let's let's maybe instead get um get each of you to name uh the one player across the um across the christmas period who you've you've most enjoyed watching let's um let's start with you on that one Murph. um well, you caught me on the hop there, mate. Uh, I, I caught you on the hop because I, I ended up going down a wormhole of pessimism, <laughs> as, I, as I often do. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, well, I, I think two outside halves who um, have had a great December, um, Owen Williams and Jared Evans. Jared Evans back to the, his best. Probably still wouldn't have got picked by Wayne Pivak, but he might mm. well get picked by Warren Gatland. And um, great to have Owen Williams back in Wales where someone should have been after him yeah, I, I, well, obviously, if there was any money around, I guess he would have been. But uh, someone should have gone after him a long time ago because, um, especially this era of Owen Williams, he looks the he looks the business to me. Fair enough. And what about you, Harry? Yeah, I, I've been uh, enjoying the the battles on the wing. Really, um, you, you'd have to say uh, Rio Dyer uh, for me. Um, I think he enjoyed an excellent autumn, and he continued to show his. Uh, Excellent form. Um, yeah, he, he looking uh, an international beast at the moment. And uh, yeah, a very exciting prospect. Is the right answer, of course. <laughs> um, so yeah, you, you, you'll, be welcome, you'll be welcome back here anytime, uh, anytime Harry. Um, but that brings us to a conclusion for the first show of the year. Uh, a big thank you to Harry for joining us um, on, his, uh, on his first cap. And uh, a thank you to the, to the veteran, uh, Mighty Murph. <laughs> Gnarly veteran. The gnarly veteran. Um, and uh, as always, a big thanks to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. If you want to get some quality coffee, then do that by heading over to socoffeetrades.co.uk. Uh, next week, we will be uh, reviewing all the rugby that takes place over the weekend. So we've got Dragons versus the Bulls, Cardiff versus Scarlets, and Ospreys versus Leinster. Uh, so all of that, plus whatever news there has been in the week. And of course, we start looking ahead to the Six Nations as well. Um, so make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, wherever you get your pods. And uh, we'll be back to chat rugby with you soon. Thanks for listening.
Sports Social Podcast Network.